as I began Sunday when I got home to pray, Lord, lead me to where I should go to preach next week. I, my mind went to this. I'll take it to the Lord. The book of Colossians. The books were written together. The book of Philemon was delivered by Onesimus to Philemon regarding the love of Christ, the love of Paul, the love of Philemon, and the love of Onesimus in Christ. That letter was hand-delivered by Onesimus. This letter to the Colossians, written and sent at the same time, went to the church in Colossae by Tychias and Onesimus. Philemon was a personal letter. And Paul sent it to him by the one whom he was beseeching Philemon to love and forgive. And there's not a doubt in my mind with the Spirit of God involved. People talk about Philemon and how Paul did this and how Paul thought that. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God. It is in the Bible, the Holy Writ. The letter of Philemon, just as Colossians, is inspired by the Spirit of God. Make that point. These were both sent together. The book begins, it's written to the church in Colossae. To give you a short history, very briefly, they were... The city, not the church, the city was carried away in great heresy and false doctrines. Of course, Satan tries to deceive a child of God that he can take your joy, that he can take your life if God permits it. He walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we know the providence of God, the love of God is in our life, and God protects us, and God delivers us. And this book is written to a people to confirm true doctrine, to strengthen the church. Many times in the book of Acts, we saw where they would return to certain churches to strengthen the church, to give them a remembrance of true doctrine in order that Christ would be glorified, in order that the church would have true doctrine and true practice and true joy in the Lord. The letter begins Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. You notice he's an apostle An apostle is one who is sent. We are sent from Christ ourselves to bear witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Creator of heaven and earth, second person of the Godhead, our Lord, our God, our Redeemer, our King, our redemption. We're here to bear witness of Him that He bore grace, mercy, truth. He came to this world and suffered and bled and died for us. 
that we might have life and life more abundant. That does not mean that we could have it if we could grab a hold of it. That means that we might have life, that we would have life. We've mentioned this many times talking to a sister yesterday, her neighbors pestering her about what she needs to do to make sure she gets to eternal glory. She has to be born again and always make the point, you have no choice in being born of your mother and father. You have no choice in being born of God. This is the will of God. This is the purpose of God that we may get to in a moment or two with this text that, that God had a people in Christ before the foundation of the world. The covenant was made. Why was there a covenant made? Because in the omniscience of God, God foreknew all things. God foreknew the fall of Adam, the rebellion of Satan. God foreknew that by one man sin and death would enter the world. And the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost made a covenant. When did they make it? It's always been. It's been in eternity. Eternity does not have a beginning. Eternity is and will always be. Therefore, the covenant has always been, God has always known this, that His Son would come into the world in the fullness of time. His body would become sin for us as it was nailed to the cross. He would pay our sin debt, bear our wrath, lay His body down, raise it up again three days and three later, three days later, would walk upon the face of the earth after His resurrection. Providing proof to those that wrote the New Testament, 1 John chapter 1, the word of life which we've handled, that he had risen from the dead, that he had defeated death and hell and Satan, and then he ascended back to the right hand of the majesty on high and a great cloud of witness. We are sent to bear witness of that. Paul was an apostle. There is a difference in being an apostle. There were only twelve. They had different gifts. They could raise the dead, heal the sick, and other such things. Those gifts were present with them for a while. Those gifts left them even before they all died. Paul left Ephraim sick nine to death instead of taking him with him. It would make sense that if he wanted him to go with him and needed him, that if he still had the power to heal, he would have healed him and taken him with him. Those gifts died to the apostles. But the apostles, Ephesians 2, tells us the church, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What rock was that built upon? Many say that rock was built upon Peter because his name means stone. Well, he was a stone because he was an apostle. And the church is built, the foundation of the New Testament church is built upon Ephesians 2, the apostles and the prophets, what they preached, what they taught. And Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, 
Because Christ is what we preach. Christ is what we teach. Christ is who we worship. He is our God, our Lord, our King, our Redeemer, our life, everything. He is our everything. An apostle, and there were twelve only, is one who was sent to be a part of the foundation of the church that God called these men, chose these men, calls, called these men to preach the gospel to lay the foundation of the church in doctrine, true doctrine, nothing but Jesus Christ and true practice, to pray, to sing, to worship. Nothing man-made at all in any of this. All of God, all from God. The Old Testament teaches us that when they built the temple in Solomon's day, there was not the sound of a tool heard in the house. What does that teach us? That teaches us that man cannot build the kingdom of God. Only God can do that, and that is in Christ. Paul was an apostle. There were twelve. There were twelve sons of Jacob. There were twelve apostles of the Lamb. In the book of Acts, we find where when Judas, the son of perdition, betrayed the Lord and repented himself, this is not repentance to God, because he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and hanged himself, the apostles, those disciples that were there, decided upon themselves, as men often do, they needed to do something, and they put Matthias as an apostle in his office. Matthias was not the twelfth apostle. The eleven were there with him when he told them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Baptize, that means Gentiles. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Paul was not there. But Paul was the twelfth apostle. We find in the book of Acts, chapter 8, 7, seven I'm sorry, where Stephen was stoned and the witnesses that bore witness to the stone of Stephen laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, that is Saul of Tarsus. The brilliance of God and how He manifest His love and His power to His people. Paul was a Pharisee. He was born in Rome, therefore a Roman citizen. He was of the stock of Abraham. He was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. He was a tribe of Benjamin, the warrior tribe that drew the sword with the left hand that when Jacob blessed his sons in Genesis 49, said he should raven as a wolf, a warrior, teaching us of the New Testament church in types and shadows. But my point is Paul was everything that God purposed to be, him to be. He had an education being a Pharisee, the law of Moses, 
He knew all the law. He prospered monetarily and in fame from the law of service and the Jews' religion. He knew the law. He says himself he never violated the law. As touching the law, he says, he was blameless. That just means that as touching the law, as walking in the world, he did not violate the law. But as we saw in chapter 7, even in his zeal and self-righteousness, he had no idea, being a natural man at that time, that his heart was full of hate and contempt because he was persecuting the church of God. Paul was a man that had great education of the world, liberal arts and such things, being a Roman. Paul had knowledge of the world and knowledge of the law. History records that Paul was a short man, bald-headed. He was pudgy or fat. History records he was bald or close to it. That he had a unibrow that had no separation. Some said the face of an angel. I've often wondered how they knew that. And then he had a disease of his eyes, which is why he said he had a thorn in the flesh. His eyes at times would bulge and pulsate and he was hideous to look at. God, oh brethren, God took this man. You want to see how ugly we are? You want to see how self-righteous the nature of man is? And what we worship, the law, ourselves, our justification in that mindset? All the things of the world. I talk a lot about Judah being a type of the natural man. That's why God chose those people who were the least of all people in idolatry and brought them to His service in the land of Canaan. But Paul is a perfect example as he stood as a Pharisee in his self-righteousness persecuting the church of the living God of what we are by nature. And then we see, I'm telling you this because Paul was an apostle. Paul was the twelfth apostle. Twelve is complete. He's one of the four and twenty elders in the book of Revelation in the vision that John saw that cast his golden crown of righteousness before the throne of God as if I am nothing. In my eyes, the Apostle Paul is the greatest of the apostles. He is the apostle to the Gentiles. Acts chapter 9, Paul is on his way to persecute the church of God. Stephen has been stoned. He's taking children of God out of synagogues and homes and churches with letters from the religious government 
why we don't want one, of the Jews. And by that I mean dictating religion to us and how we would worship. That's why our forefathers came here to found a country where they could worship God in the scriptural way in spirit and truth and not be forced to worship God in a way set forth by the king himself of the country, not the king of heaven. God is our king. God. Paul's persecuting the church. He's compelling them to blaspheme at the point of death. People talk about, well, you do this, you do that, you're going to go to hell. A child of God will never taste the flames of fire of hell. Oh, we suffer persecution. We have that fire. But a child of God will never touch the flames of hell. Paul is a perfect example as Peter. Peter denied him three times. Peter, an apostle, who is in heaven with Christ in immortal glory right now, who, by the way, because it slipped my mind, not the foundation of the church, the rock that is spoken of in Matthew 16 is the rock of revelation, the knowledge of God. Whom do men say that I am? John the Baptist, Elias, one of the others, whom say ye that I am, thou Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you want to see revelation? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father in heaven. That's what the church is based upon. That's what we preach in the church. That's what the true doctrine of God is. Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the revelation of Him. Paul was an apostle. Paul was struck down by the will of God for the purpose of God. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, Acts 9, whom thou persecutest. What would thou have me to do? Go into Damascus to a street called Straight. There will be a man named Ananias come to thee He will tell thee what you should do because Christ is going to send him. There's a type of the ministry. Not that Ananias was any better than anyone else, but he's the one that God called and God chose and God sent to teach Paul what he was supposed to do. That's what a minister is supposed to do. Sent from God. It's Christ's ministry. But Paul, not just a minister, but an apostle. We find in Acts 26 where standing before Agrippa, I won't find Acts in Romans, will I? Acts 26, I believe it's verse 22. I was reading it this morning. As Paul is speaking to Agrippa, I'll start in verse... No. Verse 13, I'll start there. He said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way... To Damascus, a light from heaven, the light of God. He fell upon his face. That's what it says in Acts 9. Above the brightness of the sun, shining about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Because he persecuted the church of God. 
When we persecute a child of God, we are persecuting the Lord. What did the Lord tell us in Matthew 25? Because you visited me in prison. Because when I was hungry, you fed me. And so on. Lord, when did we do these things? And as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren. When we love each other, we're loving Christ. When we fellowship each other, we're fellowshipping with Christ. We are His children. He is within us because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But I said, Who art thou, Lord? And He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Rise. Here's the apostles. Commission, if you want to use that word. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness. Both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear to thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now see, send thee. The people were the Jews, okay? And the Gentiles. To open their eyes from darkness to light. Paul did not open their eyes because Paul did not give them light. In the sense of life, God gives life. God quickens. While we're dead in sin, He quickens us and gives us life in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the revelation of the Son of God. Life must precede action. Paul opened their eyes by preaching the Gospel, which Paul said to Timothy brings light and immortality to light through the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, to, he's going to turn them from darkness to light. How did he do that? He did that by preaching the Gospel of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and all that's entailed there. And from the power of Satan to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God. How does the Gospel turn us from the power of Satan Unto God. God gives us life. We have a desire upon having life, upon knowing God. The old prophet said, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. You think you chose that? I beg to differ. God quickened you, God gave you life by the irresistible call of the Holy Spirit, which He shed on us abundantly through the Lord Jesus Christ. We seek after Him because He draws us to Him. No man can come unto Me except the Father which sent Me draw Him. And He also said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father but by Me. God does all this. Once we have life and God sends the minister and the church, this is the great beauty of the church. This is the great beauty of attending worship, to sing songs of praise, to feel joy in your heart, to sit under the sound of the true gospel and understand that Jesus Christ is everything. He created all things. He's head of all things. He has all things in His power. By His power. The earth is at that tilt. By His power, the earth spins. By His power, the earth rotates around the sun. By His power, we have a place to walk among the wickedness that stands by in this world. 
But the preaching of the Gospel teaches us of Christ. It teaches us how to live in Christ. How to walk in Christ. Let me return to the text here for just a minute. To turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Your sins are forgiven in the blood of Jesus Christ. You're justified in the blood of Jesus Christ. Alone! If you never hear the Gospel, if you're a child of God, and know God, and love the Lord, and fall away, you're still a child of God. If you're born of God, you cannot be unborn. If the the Father gave you to the Son, He will raise you up the last day. If you walk all the way through life hating life and everything about anything good or godly, like the thief on the cross, at the very point of death, God has the power to quicken you. And if you are a child of God, at some point between conception and death, He will quicken you. But this is talking about Paul preaching the Gospel. The forgiveness of sins that comes from the preaching of the Gospel is learning of Christ, learning of salvation, having the peace of God which passeth understanding and the knowledge of Christ, the King of glory. And knowing, knowing, well, you can't know you're a child of God. Beg to differ. Read this to a sister yesterday. He said, I write unto you that believe on the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. And he says in another place in that same book of 1 John that he that believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Do you believe Jesus is the Christ? Then you're born of God. What does that teach you? That you belong to God. We can live a whole life in misery in this world. But if we are God's child, He gave to Christ... Other people might never know it. Other people might not never see it. But you can know that God does and we will be delivered. I'm not justifying not coming to church. There's been times in my life I didn't come and I'm ashamed of them. But I'll tell you this, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. It's Paul talking to Agrippa. What is that inheritance? Peter says in 1 Peter, I'm going to try to read it if I can find it quick enough. Verse 3, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten, born us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's my point. To an inheritance. Inheritance comes through families. I've got two safes full of firearms. Some of them I hadn't shot in 20 years, and probably one or two I've never shot. But you see, to me, being a southern child, not having land as far as a farm, as was tradition when I was born, to give to my children, this is part of an inheritance they will gain. 
An inheritance comes from family. That's what I'm getting to. You are the family of God. You are the children of God. Christ is your elder brother. He hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. It's perfect. And undefiled. It's perfect. And that fadeth not away. It cannot be taken away. People talk about adoption. People talk about the law and inheritances and wills and testaments. An adopted child by the law is a child forever. That cannot be changed or broken. An inheritance from a will or a testament cannot be broken. This inheritance cannot be broken. This inheritance cannot be taken away. And it's reserved in heaven for you, comma, who are kept by the power of God through faith, a gift of God from the Spirit. Don't brag on yourself and your faith. That's asking for trouble. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The day of the resurrection, the day of the judgment, when the soul is reunited with the body and God calls these bodies forth from the ground and they're reunited with His soul and those that are alive and remain shall be changed because we must be changed to stand with God from the sinful nature we are to the perfectness, the perfection of Jesus Christ. I say all that to make a point if I can tie all this together by God's grace. Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. I had a mind to go other places and show you it was the commandment of God, it was the will of God, it's the purpose of God. But we'll do that some other time. Paul, an apostle, once sent a foundation stone in the church to preach the Gospel, to bring immortality and life to light. And Timothy is our brother. Again, Acts 16 Man born of a certain woman who is a Jewish and a believer. That was Timothy. You want proof he's a minister and he's there with Paul writing to the Colossians. He's got two books, Timothy 1 and 2. He was a minister. They are writing to the saints. This is not... Let me keep a kind tone. Men do not make saints. A saint is one who is hallowed sanctified, holy and without blame before God the Father in love. He's writing to the children of God from the least to the greatest. And he's writing this epistle. These are brethren. They're saints and they're brethren. They are brethren in Christ. They're born of the Spirit of God. They are brethren in the church at Colossae, they're all in the church, all brethren. That's who this epistle is written to. 
to the saints and faithful brethren. Those who are worshiping. Those who are striving to walk separate from this world of sin and death. Those that are following the steps of the example of the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has taught us to do, which going back to last week is to love God and to love our brethren and sisters. Brethren means kinfolk. That immediate kinfolk. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. And here's His normal salutation to the children of God. Grace. Where am I? Grace be unto you, the love of God, unmerited, and peace in Christ, from the knowledge of Christ, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is who it comes from. This is how we get it. This is who it is through. It comes no other way. There's no peace in the world to a child of God. It's all from the unmerited love and favor of God in Christ. He says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We are to pray daily for the church of God. We, are, we pray for our families, our natural families. We need to pray for our spiritual family. We need to pray for the kingdom of God. Again, in the model prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Acknowledge the greatness of God. That's the first thing we do. And then to pray for the kingdom of God. It's that important. It's that precious. That's why we ought to sell everything we have to possess this treasure. And don't take that as we're supposed to sell everything we got. That means put the kingdom of God first, forsaking all others, if necessary, for the kingdom of God. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, always praying for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. All the saints. Our family, Beulah, Vestavia, Coosa River, New Hope, I must say to make a point, all the children of God, those are the ones I, I know. That's why I call their name. Oak Grove, Sylacauga. There are other children of God, our brothers of other orders of faith. I pray daily, Lord, give them sight. And where I'm wrong, give me sight. Because I am nothing. We are to pray for every order of God's people that they would see the truth. And we certainly need to pray for our brethren. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, there is Christ, 1 Peter, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the Gospel. Let me read another verse and I'll come back. The word of the Gospel which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit 
as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth the Jew first and also the Gentile. Or the Greek is the word he uses. The gospel does not give you life. The Spirit of God gives you life. Oh, that's where I was going. Forgot where I was going when I was going, but that brought it back. Second Timothy, Paul says, and I'm going to read this to you this time. Uh, be not, verse 8, chapter 1, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me of His prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who, is, who hath, past tense, saved us and called us, past tense, if you're here, with a holy calling. God calls you. He chose you. You don't choose Him. You're dead in sins until He gives you life. Not according to our works. Let that sink in. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And then He says, I'm appointed a preacher and apostle. Now, the preaching of the gospel, that's what we're talking about. It teaches us of the hope which is laid up for us in heaven. It teaches us of the Creator of heaven and earth. It teaches us of Adam's fall and our depravity. It teaches us of the love of God everlasting. It teaches us of the power of His Christ and all things entailed in the Gospel. Ephesians 3. I'm going to start in verse 14. The Gospel. That's, that's what we're talking about right now. For this cause, the Apostle Paul, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, the church, in heaven, up there, and earth, down here, is named. And I'll throw this in. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Christians is what we're called. After Christ. That He would grant you, and catch this, according to the riches of His glory. The riches of Christ. For Christ is the glory of God. Hebrews 1 about verse 3 that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. The Gospel strengthens us. It teaches us of Christ. It strengthens us by faith, a gift from God to a born-again person. It strengthens us that we may withstand the wiles of the devil. That we might walk in the armor of God. The fiery darts would not kill us. 
that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. There's a heart knowledge and there's a head knowledge and these are together in this text. That ye being rooted and grounded in what love? The love of God. What did we start talking about last week in Philemon? The love of God. The love of Christ. The love of brethren. The love of the church. Manifested to us. To have that feeling in your heart of peace no matter what happens in this world. Countries rise and fall. Kings are set up and taken down. People are born and die. But we have peace in Christ because this world is not our home. When Christ appears, this world of sin will be consumed in the fire of His glory. And every child of God will stand in heaven and immortal glory with our Savior and we shall see Him as He is. That's what we preach because that is the truth of God. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love, the love of God, may be able, this is preaching the Gospel, to comprehend with all saints, all God's children. Oh, here's the good part. What is the breadth and length and depth and height? I probably won't find this quick enough to read it to you, but it's in the book of Job. And Job is talking about creation. Job is talking about uh, hell. Speaking of God, hell is naked before Him. Destruction have no covering. Chapter 26, verse 6, He stretches out the north over the empty place, hangeth the earth upon nothing. There's your black hole. He bindeth up the waters and thick clouds. The cloud is not rendered not rent under him under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne, his glory, that we be not consumed, and spreadeth his cloud upon it. He has compassed the waters with bounds of the day and night come to the end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He divideth the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smiteth through the proud by his spirit. He hath garnished the heavens, his hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Lo, now catch this. Lo, these are parts. <laughs> parts of His ways. It's not the entirety. Creation is parts of His ways. <sighs> Which brings to my mind the verse that's so overwhelming. He endured the cross. My goodness. Despising the shame. Lo, these are parts of His ways, but how little a portion is heard of Him. Now, go back here may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, how wide is it, the length, how long is it, the depth, how deep is it, and the height, how tall is it. It's from everlasting to everlasting. It has always been and always will be for He is God and there are none else. We cannot comprehend it. But through the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that He gives to us in the revelation of the Son of God, which is what the church 
is built upon. This is given to us. What little we know of the majesty in heaven is given to us in the preaching of the Gospel. That is a gift from God. Cannot even be able to to begin to thank Him enough. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. It's beyond the wisdom of man that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, back to Colossians, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, a gift of God, and the love which you have to all the saints, a gift of God, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, the knowledge is a gift of God. The hope is a gift of God. Whereof you heard before in the word the truth of the Gospel. Doctrine is important. It is all of God. It's called the election of grace. Which is coming to you as it is in all the world. There's where I want to go. In all the world. Matthew 24, after Christ telling them the city would be destroyed and a great tribulation in time which would be in A.D. 70 that there had never been before and never would be again. Verse 29, He says, Immediately after the tribulation of these days shall the sun be darkened. The light of God was taken from the law service. The moon shall not give her light because the light of God was taken away. And the stars, according to Daniel, the Levitical priesthood, shall fall from heaven. They lost their power. God fulfilled the law. He did away with the first, that He may establish the second. And the powers of the heavens, the church, shall be shaken. All the law was done away with. All the Pharisees, all the scribes, all that done away with. All teaching of the law which they were kept shut up under. Now it is the time of grace. Paul is an apostle and he's teaching us of these things as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's by faith in your heart. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. That just means Gentiles. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That is in your heart by faith. You see Him. They shall look upon Me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn as one that mourneth for His only Son. Zechariah 10. Now, and He preaching the Gospel, and He shall send His angels, ministers, with the great sound of a trumpet, the Gospel. And they shall gather together His elect, the children of God, by the preaching of the Gospel. Doesn't say he would give them life by the gospel. Their life must precede action. But he sends his ministry to the Gentiles to preach the gospel for the drawing of the Gentiles into the church of God. For this is the Gentile church from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and put it forth, leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So like us, when you shall see all these things, what things? When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, when you see therefore, verse 15, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, 
know that these things are at hand, even at the doors. Now catch this. So likewise ye see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily, truly, I say unto you, this generation of the Jews shall not pass. This generation, the time Jews were destroyed in Jerusalem by the Romans, shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. The law service had to be fulfilled. All those things would not pass. It could not fail until this was fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My Word shall not pass away. Now, I don't want to get into something and not be able to finish it. <clears throat> Which is coming to all the world, preaching to the Gentiles, and bringeth forth fruit. It's Colossians 1 and 6. It brings forth fruit. I am truly convinced, despite all the arguments of educated men, <laughs> we don't have seminars, and all thy children shall be taught of God. Okay? He came to his own, his own received him not, but them to receive him gave power to become the sons of God. He plainly tells you there, it's not of blood, it's not of the will of man, it's to those that are born of the Spirit of God. Give this to God. It is His glory. It is His work. Which is coming to all the world unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God, the unmerited love and favor of God in truth. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you of your goodness and your righteousness, much less mine, because I know what I am and it is vile. That would be a lie for me to stand up here and tell you that, that you could sin and go to hell, that you have to make a choice, that your money has to buy it, that you have to work and attain it. Now, if you want to enjoy life in the kingdom, then you have have to join the church and you have to be obedient to God. But let me tell you, brethren, I don't care what happens in this world. It would be a lie for me to tell you you had anything to do with your eternal salvation, even coming in the church because God draws you there. If you love God, I admonish you, join the church, worship daily, do the things we're told to do. Husbands, love your wife. Wife, reverence your husband. Teach your children to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What a better place it would be. The grace of God in truth, Jesus Christ. As you also learned of Epaphras, their pastor, Philemon 23, he's also imprisoned with Christ. I mean, with a prisoner of Christ with Paul. I'm sorry. As you also learned of a preface, our dear fellow servant, which is for you a faithful minister, he was their pastor, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. The preaching of the Gospel. I've waited too late to get into the first part of chapter 3 of Ephesians to give you some of the preaching of the Gospel. And I will probably do that next week. 
as a starting place. These men are preaching the Gospel. Paul is an apostle. Timothy is a minister. Epaphras is a minister. The apostles were there in the foundation of the church to establish by the will of God and the purpose of Jesus Christ the doctrine and the practice of the New Testament church. Through history, even by different names, there has always been a people who held to that. There was a people that had no part of the Reformation because they never left true doctrine and practice and did not need reforming. God sustains that. That is the remnant. These people were under great threat of deception in what was being taught in that city. You can study history yourself and see what was being taught. Paul said to pray and be thankful. We're going to a prayer meeting at 1.30 at Grant's Meal. I am. Uh, Lord willing, we need to pray. Jesus Himself, pray without ceasing because the Spirit's willing but the flesh is weak. Your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking Him. He may devour constant prayer and constant thanksgiving for the church of which the apostles and prophets are built upon the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, the true doctrine of Christ. I have no peace in thinking I saved myself because I am a sinner and I am vile and I can fall. I have peace in the knowledge of Jesus Christ that He loved me and I base that on the fact that I love Him because if I love Him, He loved me first. What a joy and a privilege by the grace of God to have the kingdom of God for it's His good pleasure to give it to us and sit under the sound of the Gospel and sit in worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.